Oh, hey, 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 hey. It's all right, Charlie. You're all right now. You are Payman, one of the eight kings of podcasting. We have looked to the Northwest and called you in. We've collected your first female body and given you now this healthy male host. We reject the Trinity and pray devoutly to you, great Payman. Give us your knowledge of all secret things. Bring us honor, wealth, and good familiars. Bind all men to our will as we have bound ourselves for now and ever to yours. Hail podcasting. Hail podcasting. Hail podcasting. You can't fight in here. This is the war room. You can't handle the truth. King Kong ain't got shit on me. I am I'm so much crazier. I am the one who knocks. Go ahead. Make my day. Welcome to Facing Off, a podcast where we take two movies that we find to be similar and we compare, contrast, and rate them based on some metrics we came up with. I am one of your hosts, Gabe Siegel, and happy Halloween to you, happy Nicholas Tellier. Halloween to you. What's up, Nick? Gabe? Um, nothing much. You Just, got some uh, plans for Halloween? I don't. I need to ask you what you're doing for Halloween. Uh, okay. Julie, yeah. Julie asked me to ask you what you and Danny are doing because if you don't do anything, then we won't do anything because we're well. We uh, were codependent to... on your your guys's relationship. Yeah, so you guys are really sad. No, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, no. We're uh, we're thinking about watching some horror movies, uh, maybe uh, some Scream because I love Scream. We could and do that then, together. Uh, yeah, and we can eat some candy and th- I eat too much candy. Yeah, I so. once I start eating candy, this is like October or November is like a bad month for me because once I get like a little taste of candy, I eat way Dude, too. Dude, you know what I discovered recently? What peanut butter Snickers? Oh, that's amazing. It's the it's the best candy bar. Everyone yeah. listening, it's the best candy bar that exists. To be honest, I'm Find not it, a big like chocolate it. and peanut butter over like fruity type candy. That's type because person. you're dumb. I love like <laughs> fake. Uh, high fructose corn syrup. <laughs> I mean, that's fair. I yeah. do, I do too. But seriously, biggest recommendation from this whole thing, regardless of what our recommendation is, is peanut butter Snickers. I'd love to hear it, dude. So uh, today we're going to be talking about Hereditary and Rosemary's Baby. So why don't you give us uh, a, a couple a, disclaimers and a then the synopsis? Yeah, yes, we're not going to forget this time. Good call. Uh, two disclaimers. First one: we are not movie critics. We are not experts. These are just our opinions, and we want your opinions. Um, so this is not a be all end all. We are not trying to say or, or talk about how our ratings are like true critiques of these movies. They're just like a platform to, to present information in this podcast. So, um, the other disclaimer is, um, we have already kind of spoiled Hereditary in the beginning, and we are going to spoil that was Rosemary's fun. Baby. I was the male host, by the way. Yeah, you're the, the healthy male. They're host. the healthy male host. We are. Uh, we're going to spoil these movies. These are these podcasts are always going to spoil things, so please watch the movies um, or don't mind being spoiled. Right. I know a lot of you are yeah. a little scared to watch Hereditary. Uh, that's okay if you want it spoiled. I do recommend you seeing it because it's a great yeah. movie. Um, and you can find it on Amazon right now, and you can find Rosemary's Baby on Hulu. 
You should go out and watch Rosemary's Baby. It's an ab- absolute classic. Yeah, and it's kind of nice. It's that It's great. It's it holds up. Um, and um, yeah, yeah, we're gonna spoil. So we're gonna spoil. If you don't want it spoiled. Boom. Stop now. Stop. All right. Spoilers. Three, two, one. All right. Thank you all for joining us for our Halloween episode. Uh, we're going to talk about two movies in which uh, mothers unwittingly enter pacts with demons or the devil himself and, and then have their children stolen from them. Um, Rosemary's Baby is the story of Rosemary and her super greedy actor husband that agrees to let Satan bang and impregnate his wife. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, Rosemary's Baby ends up being a little bit less human than she'd like. Uh, Hereditary oh, is the story... Titular. Of a familial unit ripped apart um, by their deceased matriarch's uh, decades-long plan in order to that she concocts in order to possess a, a male family member with the demon Payman in order to um, to gather some riches from yeah. Payman. Um, it doesn't end well for anybody except a bunch of naked old people and Payman. Yeah. So Payman's a big winner. Yeah, Payman definitely wins. Payman comes out on top. Get to that. Yeah, I mean, we're talking about this because uh, Hereditary very much borrowed some things from uh, Rosemary's Baby. Rosemary's Baby kind of inspired a lot of horror movies that we watch. Um, It's definitely the inspiration behind Get Out in certain ways, and it's definitely the inspiration behind Hereditary. Um, Ari Aster did even say that he found that... Um, Ari Aster's the director of Hereditary. Right, yeah. He found that uh, one of his inspirations for Hereditary was Rosemary's Baby, but he also thinks that it's equally... Um, it He equally drew from family dramas such as Ordinary People and In the Bedroom, which are both really great and very sad, um, with horror classics such as Rosemary's Baby, Don't Look Now, and The Innocence. So we found that these are going to be fun ones to talk about for the both of us they're both good movies so it's kind of an interesting comparison uh and it's halloween and i'm sorry we're not getting spookier but yeah we're gonna get artsy instead this is what we got Um, yeah let's do it so we're uh let's just move on to the categories i guess yeah we're gonna use our normal five categories with a little trick or treat yeah um thrown in there uh as a surprise later yeah so our Um, usual categories being eye candy actoring originality legacy and spectacularity but uh you'll get a little twist on that and we are going to use our one to seven scale um with four being the middle number that's kind of why we do it seven being high four being average or neutral and one being the lowest so let's start it off all right. With eye candy. Let's do eye candy. Which movie would, should we start with? So, I mean, before we get into that, I guess I, I, I should say that, um, you know, obviously we recognize that Hereditary came out, uh, I don't know, like 50 years after Rosemary's Baby. Yeah. Yeah, it came out uh, 2018. Rosemary's Baby is from 1968, um, I think, or 1969. Um, yeah, I think. I think it's 68. Yeah. Um, and uh, so there have been some technical achievements in terms of filming. So our eye candy category is usually about cinematography, um, editing, set design, production, um, makeup, pretty much anything that is uh, stunning to the naked eye. Um, so e- even though there, are, there have been some advancements, we do think that we could still just rate. Just some technological <laughs> some, advancements in the 50 years between the two just movies. Just an iPod. I don't know anything else. Uh, white claws, I guess. They used to have beer. Um, yeah, but no, did but have, we still did they think have that kombucha in 1968. 
Oh, I don't know. Well, they weren't healthy, so definitely not. not. Um, yeah, but we could still rate something like Rosemary's Baby because a lot of like really great uh, visual things came out at that time. Dude, so they let's didn't start know shit about gut bacteria in 1968. <laughs> let's talk about <laughs> Rosemary's Baby first. Uh, uh, yeah, why don't you just talk about what you what you gave it and uh, why you gave it that? So in eye candy for Rosemary's Baby, it's a difficult category to talk about for Rosemary's Baby because it is old and yeah. because there are two. There's like varying extremes in how it's aged. There are multiple scenes that lend to this like visceral feeling of paranoia yeah. in this little apartment in New York that that Rosemary and her husband. Uh, whose name Guy. is Guy. Guy Woodhouse. Guy Woodhouse. Um, the best and worst name ever made. <laughs> yeah. They, they, they find this apartment in New York together, um, and it is, it seems really great, but then as you, as the movie moves you along, it, it becomes claustrophobic. And, yeah. and you, you the, the paranoia in Rosemary builds and and comes to a head and and a lot of that is because there are many many scenes that are filmed there's several scenes that are filmed um continuous and a continuous shot unbroken uncut shot and it lends itself to that that paranoia and it ages very well in that regard however there are some practical effects that don't age well namely the devil devil yeah is just like a naked guy in a Halloween costume with like tree bark arms. He's like Groot fucking her. <laughs> he is a little bit. Yeah. I mean, so the thing is like, obviously it came before, but in that same year we had 2001, a space odyssey, which is like a visually cinematic masterpiece. Um, above all it's, it's technologically incredible what Stanley Kubrick did. And you also have planet of the apes from that year. And you have to take into account that Hitchcock had been making, you know, great films with really clever cinematography and cool set design for decades before this. With Notorious, be, uh, Notorious is probably my favorite Hitchcock movie. And uh, yeah, I'm getting a little cinephile nerd on you. Yeah. Um, and that came out 20 years before. But I do think that Polanski really nails the whole paranoia thing. Mm -hmm. And I think that's lended to, uh, or that really comes out with Mia Farrow's performance, as well as the makeup and the hairstyling they did with her. Yeah. Um, And I think that there are some cool shots um, that they're like following them. And there's a lot of continuous takes, which are obviously cool. I do think that the rape scene has just not really worked that well. But there is something that I noticed um, when I was re-watching some of the scenes for this podcast, that when she's in her rape sequence, she's walking to the bed. You know, she's been drugged and everything, and she's walking to the bed, and she sees certain things that looks like a dream sequence. She thinks it's a dream. She sees a house on fire. She sees this big uh, bearded guy with uh, up, up standing below, uh, above everyone. He looks like a godly type figure. There are certain things that you see, and it's only at the end of the movie when she's walking to into the apartment of Minnie and Roman, their neighbors who are the Satan worshippers mm-hmm. that concocted this whole plan, that you notice that these are like paintings on their wall. Yeah, so it really did happen. Yeah, she walks down the same path. Yeah. Yeah. So it really did happen. I think that's really clever on Polanski's part. I'm going to give it a four. 
I also gave it a four. I think it's pretty average for the time. It, it, it was visually creative in certain ways, but it, there were things that they, I think since the apartment building, the Bramford building is kind of a character. It's supposed to be a character that mm-hmm. this apartment is full of all these Satan worshipers and everything. Yeah. I think it would have been cooler if he had done like a tracking shot through some of the apartments, kind of giving it more of like a breathing yeah. figure type. Did you light. want to see the baby? I did as well. I, I really wanted to see the baby. I didn't. I liked it without the baby. Okay. I mean, it's kind of cool that she describes what it is. What, what happened to its eyes? Its <laughs> eyes? And what about its tail? And it's like, yeah, I guess the baby would have looked comical at this point, but like, I kind of yeah. wanted to see it. Um, so yeah. Fair enough. It, that's a four from both of us. Kind Yeah. Of I just feel thing. that the good and the bad even themselves out. So I didn't want to give it, you know, five or a three. Fair enough. Way. But let's talk about something eye candy wise that is visually spectacular. What's that? That's hereditary. Okay. I am going to give it a six. Uh, it's n- only not a seven because I think that Ari Aster, the director and his cinematographer got a little bit better or uh, his production designer as well got a little bit better with their follow-up movie midsummer um i think visually that that's one of my favorite movies of the year um but hereditary i mean i i have to give a shout out to the people that have worked that worked on that movie because they had a 10 million dollar budget and they must have used a lot of that because they built that house or at mm-hmm. least the inside of the house and the tree house they built from scratch because they wanted to have the right dimensions for some of the scenes. And the house is kind of a character in it. Mm-hmm. And I really respect that they do that. Um, there's a lot of really good filming parts. Um, I love the seance scenes. They kind of feel like you're strapped into an interactive ride. Yeah, Like they right do. when you get like, there's like... Totally. It's kind of like the Indiana Jones ride when you're going through that tunnel and there's like the blow darts and you feel the air. There's that part when the ghost like breathes on one of them and then the camera moves with them and they're going under the table and back up. And then they're like going to the other side of the house and back in, you feel like you're strapped into this movie. And I think that's visually great. I'll talk about some other stuff, but I want to hear what you have to say. Yeah. So I also gave it a six. We agree completely in this category with both the movies fours for, for uh, Rosemary's baby and sixes for hereditary. And I give it a six because, um, you know, it's hard to get a seven. It's hard to be perfect, but the movie's pretty darn close. Yeah. And one of my favorite things about it from the eye candy, the visual standpoint is uh, how Hereditary uses traditional like horror um, elements like gore yeah. are um, so purposeful and it makes it so much more poignant. There are only a couple instances of of actual gore in the movie and they're so perfectly done. Right. There's there's the the scene where you see Charlie's head for the uh, first time and it's just ants covered in and ants stuff. and uh. bugs and the, you see it only for a little bit and it's after the mom has discovered the true carnage of what the happened thing is that like night. You can see the agony in her face. Yeah. She and, died, yeah. and yeah, and it's just, yeah, you still see her like struggling to breathe, right. but she's just a, a, a head on the ground. Yeah. And it's just so gnarly and perfect. And the other scene is where you just hear this sound and then you find out that it's the son looks up and it's his mom being possessed by a demon, just bashing her own head into the ceiling. And it's just so, and then you hear that her head and it's just so like that scene is, there's not another scene as gruesome as that one. And 
because that's the one scene in the movie that's that gruesome, it's so much more powerful. And it's it's fantastic. I think it's fantastically done. So yeah, just to close out eye candy. I mean, just like a couple of the visual things I really love. I think it's so cool the way that they use miniature houses, which we'll talk about in originality. Um, but the transitions from the miniature houses to the actual real life characters, when especially the first scene of the movie that's zooming into Peter's room is insane. You can't even tell when they edited in the real life characters. It looks so real. I also think there's some cool visual cues like, uh, him seeing the rear view mirror, um, from his car in the classroom, um, the specter of the grandma at the beginning, which is the thing that really haunted me for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm giving it a six out of seven. Uh, Nick is as well. Let's move on to our next category. Uh, our next category will be actoring, which um, pretty much encompasses um, how believable the characters were, how believable the acting was, was whether it was good or bad. Did the directors, writers, producers, whoever lend, or did they, uh, did they give the actors the tools that necessary that they needed for to... them to give the performances that they did? Great point. So why don't you um, start with hereditary? Okay. I will hit lead off and I'll talk about hereditary, which I gave another six because, yeah. um, I think it is pretty phenomenally, acted all the way around my favorite character and scene being the being the son uh, oh god he's so good why am i blanking on his name alex wolf but his actor. name is peter is right. the character yeah, peter's the um, character and he's alex um, wolf of the naked brothers band yeah and there's that, so the scene where he is in the where he he accidentally kills his own sister by by you know running into that pole is the the look so on his yeah. face and the um, the range of emotions and just those little sounds that he makes where he's where he realizes like oh, he just goes okay 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 it almost sounds like he's saying are you okay at the first part yeah realizing that his sister is dead and then he's like oh, okay okay yeah. oh my god and it's just I mean, like, I mean, that dude came out of nowhere and gives this incredible right, just seen him in Jumanji and the performance, and he, movie. and it's not really in the lines that he delivers necessarily. It's the physical acting, the the acting, just just the focal, the focus on his face, yeah, is is incredible. So I mean, I just wanted to highlight him, but I think all around the acting is great. I give it a six. Yeah, I'm giving it a six. I'm only not, I, and the big thing that pushes it to a six. Tony Collette is incredible in this movie. And I, I always like Tony Collette. I think she's always been a really good actress. I think this was a powerhouse performance. I really wish that she had been nominated. She was so good as Annie in this. And I do think Alex Wolf was great as well. Um, I think a scene that really highlights how great both of them are. There's two scenes. There's the dinner scene where she says, um, but I always see that fucking face on your face or whatever. And <laughs> yeah, she's just shouting line. at him is so powerful between the two of them and Gabriel Byrne, the guy who plays the father. Mm -hmm. Um, But the other scene that I think should have just been like a highlight reel for the Academy Awards was the dream sequence. This is a good dream sequence. When she walks in, uh, she like walks into his room and he's like, why do you hate me or something like that? And she's like, I wanted to have an abortion or whatever. I never wanted to have you. And then she's like, oh, 
and like catches her breath and then it slowly you don't know that it's a dream sequence until he's like why do you hate me like crying and then he's like covered in paint toner or whatever mm-hmm. or, uh whatever that paint stuff is that she had doused her kids right. in in a sleepwalking thing and then they're on fire i just thought like it was great by both of them i think the child actor was pretty good uh she just more has a creepy face than anything Gabriel yeah, Byrne. there's some makeup there. You look her up on IMDb. She's not a weird-looking person. It's always nice to see Gabriel Byrne and his <laughs> like slowly revealing Irish accent in every movie he's done. And Dowd as the leader of the payment people uh, was oh, really good. Man. I know my friend Clay absolutely hates Anne Dowd, but she's like pretty good. She just in plays it. like a crap person in everything. Everything, and she's like so creepy. I I don't know, but. The so I, I read something that I really wanted to like mention right now before we move on. Um, Burn Gabriel Byrne and Alex Wolf had worked together before, and then Millie Shapiro and Alex Wolf, the daughter and the son, went to school together. And Colette, Tony Colette, wasn't part of that, so they they used that to their advantage to make her feel alienated within her own family, oh, and wow. like felt like everyone was turned against her. And I thought the way that she played like a crazed and childish type person was great and it wasn't in her control. So that's a six from both of us. Let's move on to uh Rosemary's baby actoring. Um, okay. How about you bat lead off this time? Yeah, I gave it a five. Um I honest I'm so close to giving it a six because I think Mia Farrow gives like an all time performance and it's actually kind of all it's also crazy that she wasn't nominated for that, especially since she was a famous actress. Um I think she's really good. Um, you know, uh, the person who played Minnie, Ruth Gordon, uh, won uh, the Academy Award for Supporting Actress for that, which is funny because the makeup job on her makes her look like a hooker clown. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I also want to – I have does, to ask you dude. this before we move on. Does anybody in any movie eat cake in a more disgusting way no, than she does? No, absolutely 100%. Is that the character or does Ru- – I honestly she wonder if Ruth takes Gordon- the cake – for eating cake like a maniac. Yeah. She's like, oh, yeah, and you guys are from this, you guys are from uptown? And like, dude. Dude, do you think she doses all of her cake with like a little bit of hallucinogens? Or like like she catnip did? or something at that <laughs> point, dude. It's ridiculous. So dude, it's just, just tripping so I, hard the, the whole thing movie. that hurts it for me is that I don't really believe in the love between the main actors. I think Mia Farrow does a great job. And I think in the beginning, they're kind of this cute, like, couple that likes to make fun of things. But John Cassavetes, who is Chris D'Elia's favorite director, the guy who plays Guy Woodhouse, um, he's always been a fine actor. He's kind of, like, charming and, like, nonchalant in a way that Humphrey Bogart was. Apparently, Roman Polanski didn't really like working with him. I can see him. Well, that's why he became a director. He's like Edward Norton, where uh, he wanted to question it. I just didn't really believe in them that much. I also have to say, I think besides Minnie and Roman, I think the other actors who play the neighbors are terrible. The ending scene... Like the the fat lady with the glasses and the Asian <laughs> dude with the camera. I mean, I like was laughing at how ridiculous it was. I think you're supposed to. Yeah. But like they're too ridiculous and comical. But I, I almost, almost wish they didn't speak like the payment worshippers. Right. Yeah. There are just so many things. It's just so funny because that's such like a direct parallel. Those are kind of the things that that I, I that I think of that Hereditary borrows or pays homage to. Oh, definitely. Rosemary's did. Baby. There's a scene that's 
this doesn't really have anything to do with acting, but I'll just say it now. There's a scene that that is almost imitated in Hereditary, where you see like the the naked old people creep around. There's like three oh, yeah. naked old people creep around behind the main character in the house, yeah, and it's almost like shot for shot. In yeah. my mind, at least. Including looks, his history teacher. Looks just like the history teacher and several other people in Hereditary. But, I mean, in terms of... of That's crazy. Of acting for Rosemary's Baby, I was really torn between a five and a six. Yeah. Um, do, what, do what feels right. Because, but, but I'm going to give it a six because the more that I like read about Mia Farrow and the relationship that she had with her director, with Roman Polanski, and how right. he brought out the performance and a lot of the... The, that feeling of paranoia in her character, the the more that I come to kind of think that 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 is a very, very skilled performance that she gives. Um, right, and she she carries this movie um, in terms of the acting performance. Um, Mia Farrow had what a crazy um, <clears throat> personal life she had, getting married to Woody Allen, um, who may or may not have diddled her uh, child, yeah, and. Uh, uh, Frank Sinatra. Frank Sinatra. I think she she <clears throat> kind of sort of left Frank Sinatra for this movie, right? Um, yeah, which is wild. But she there's also scenes where like, she's a great actress. She walks into to traffic, um, and that's actually her walking into traffic because Roman right, Polanski. I read that as well. Roman Polanski said uh, no one's going to hit a pregnant lady. And right. then just followed her out into traffic with a camera and was like, "Yes, this is good." That's fucked up. Which is that totally me of what up. happened in Last Tango in Paris. Yeah, there's like the sure scenes where she calls the blind, the the man who goes blind, and her performance is really um, well done. And and she has this kind of like bewildered look on her face, and a lot of it is because she didn't know who right. was going to pick up the phone. But then it was, I think, someone that she knew or something like that. And so she has this kind of bewildered. Like face, like she can't put place the. She's, I mean, her acting, or, her acting sells the movie. I think she kind of sucks well at the very last scene. She's like almost comically. Yeah, it's a little over the top, <clears> but she's really final good. Scene. It, it really so reminded I'm gonna say, me. I'm gonna of, go ahead and give it a six and give it uh, the better of the two scores. I was that's fair. Debating. I gave it a five. Um, let's move on to originality and let's just talk about. Uh, let's talk about Rosemary's Baby first. Um, I guess I can, I can lead it off. Um, I think that the thing about Rosemary's Baby, as we mentioned, there, a lot of movies have been influenced by it. So yeah. obviously you have to give it credit in that way. I think the ideas and the story um, in Ira Levin's book, the guy who wrote the mm -hmm. book for Rosemary's Baby, are obviously famous. And I think that uh, Roman Polanski deserves a lot of credit for his writing for it. And I think it, that was one of the two nominations it got. Have you read the book? No. I'm I haven't either. It. I'm considering it too. Apparently, the movie is extremely faithful oh. to the book. So that's like that kind Almost of works against me thinking that Roman Polanski is really creative with it. Yeah, I, I guess um, it's because it kind of reminds me of like Watchmen. That yeah, what Zach critics critics are like are, are quoted as saying that it's um it's one of the most faithful adaptations of a book oh, ever. Cool, which well, is. I, I, then yeah. I feel like I don't necessarily need to read the book, but I know it's a popular book and I know yeah. he had a sequel to it. I think the whole theme of someone like a husband selling his soul and his wife's body to Satan is original in a movie context. But like that, I think even at that time, that wasn't um, the whole idea of like selling your soul was not a totally new idea in the 1960s. 
You know, no. that's always been around as long as Satanism or uh, people believing in the devil has been around. Right. Um, but I do think that, and you brought this up in our Gone Girl episode, that um, it tackles this, this uh, it tackles the topic of, of like emotional infidelity. Yeah. In a really different way. And way than a lot of things way in an original yeah. way and that's what the category is originality than than a lot of movies i think at the time at least that i know of yeah in that he he cheats on her emotionally by lying to her right throughout and the whole movie just in order purely in order to advance his own agenda right to and make he himself doesn't a even more act actor. in the end when he when they when she finally confronts everybody and he's talking to her he was like, hey, you know, like they told me you weren't going to get hurt. And then she gets mad and he's like, what? Like, why are you He mad? doesn't even get it. Like he put her through Yo, like, girl, come on. a demon pregnancy. He's like, but, uh, but we rich though. Yeah. But I'm like a good actor now. I got good jobs. So I, she, it's, it's just. I think that is creative. And I think. filthy. I can understand at the time that this was something crazy. Um, I think that they were, they were a little misguided in the way that they depict Satanists, but that's only because I've watched this documentary <laughs> that I'm going to talk about later. So I, I'm still going to give it a six. I'm not, I'm not going to give it a seven, um, even though I know a lot of things have been inspired because I think a lot of things like Hereditary have built a lot afterwards. Yeah, I also gave it a six. Yeah. I, like, I think we, we agree in that in the, that topic, originality. Um, so I think hereditary, hereditary would be kind of an easier thing to talk about, but um, since it was inspired from it, you know, it's hurt by that in a, yeah. in a little bit of a way. And like I said, it there are scenes that I, at least I felt when I watched Rosemary's Baby, I was like, oh, hereditary does that like exact same scene. There right. are a lot of similarities. Right. The naked old people is like kind of a, so, yeah, kind of I a mean, like obvious sort of funny one that's just directly kind of copied in hereditary but not copied it's it's an obvious homage to to rosemary's baby I yeah think. so we forgot to mention this but originality to us really means beyond you know what what we've been talking about is just like typical ideas of what's original and creative right it's kind of like does this stand out within its genre um, does it add anything new to things that we haven't seen? And is it creative in ways that you hadn't really expected? And for me, I think that originality wise, I think Nick is like totally right that there are a lot of things that they copied. Um, but he did, he did borrow from a lot of different things. He also took family dramas. And I think I've seen in the bedroom and ordinary Aster people. Did. Yeah. Ari yeah. Aster did. Um, I've seen both those movies and he definitely took from them. And I think some of the family drama and hereditary, you could make that movie as non horror and it's still really compelling in that mm -hmm. way. Um, one thing that he loves to examine, which he's done in his first short film called uh, The Strange Thing About the Johnsons, which if no one's seen it, you should definitely go to YouTube and watch it. It's super weird. Um, is basically this one idea. That's what's the most messed up thing that could happen within your family? And that's in Hereditary Nails. <laughs> your grandma spent decades trying to possess people in the family with a demon? And then <laughs> she, not only did she spend decades, but before at least the young characters in it um, were born, things were predetermined for them. None yeah. of them have volition over anything that they're doing. Every single thing has been set up because of their grandma's decision to worship pay, uh, payment and sacrifice her family for payment yeah. to find a male host. 
And I think that something that's really cool that Ari Aster does is the use of miniature houses. You know, uh, Tony Collette's Annie, uh, Annie as a character, she designs uh, mini houses. Uh, because that's her job, but it also shows how these characters are literally just dolls or whatever within a miniature house. They have no choice over anything. We're watching them fall apart with them not being able to do a single thing that could keep them out of that, and I think that's cool. And I also want to say that um, I know when the first trailer came out, I saw it with my buddy Steve, and we were in the theater, and like both of our jaws were open. We're like, what the hell is this? And we heard how scary it was, but we saw the trailer thinking that Charlie was the one terrorizing the yeah. family. And then you get the twist, maybe about like 20 minutes into the movie that she dies. And it's so shocking that you're like, what the fuck could this movie actually be about yeah. after this? And I think that's brilliant. And that's something we talked about in Gone Girl that was also cool in that movie. Yeah. So, so what did you give originality for Hereditary? So I'm going to give it a five. You gave it a five. Because okay. of... I think it's so original and it's above average in that way, but I think it borrows from a lot of things and that almost hurts yeah, it. Yeah, I also gave it a five. Okay. I think we we agree in that regard and it's, I mean, yeah. It's yeah. not a knock on the movie that it's not a six or a seven. That's just... No, I think it's totally fair. I mean, yeah. the thing is, I think Hereditary is one of the more creative movies in a while. I just think that a lot of its ideas are not necessarily... Um, its own, uh, even though I love it. But uh, let's move on to our new category, which uh, is going to have to do with horror movies since it's Halloween, y'all. Uh, happy, happy Halloween, Halloween y'all. <laughs> uh, and uh, we are going to take our normal category, Spectacularity, which deals with engagement, uh, your engagement level with the movie. And we're going to call it spooktacularity because we're super clever so corny. Um, so spooktacularity is going to talk about certain things such as um whether it, especially with a horror movie or something creepy you know i i don't really consider rosemary's right. baby really a horror but it is creepy in certain ways did it rely on jump scares for thrills or was there some deeper thor uh deeper horror or even with a horror movie were the jump scares timed in an appropriate way or were they just thrown at you? Yeah. Um, was it unsettling for a while after? Did it make you think about things at night? Did it keep you up at night? Uh, did you need to know what would happen? Uh, were the twists obvious or were they well-crafted? After that long uh, description, why don't you start with Hereditary? Okay, so Hereditary, in, in terms of its spooktacularity, yeah. Um, I gave it a six because it's one of my favorite horror movies. Yeah. It's great. I mean, all of the questions that you're asking, the answers that we ask in this category that we've created is yes. Uh, it's it's creepy. You think about it after. It sticks with you. It's, um, like I said earlier, it's use of, uh, of gore. Um, it does. I don't really think it has jump scares, but like those classic no. kind of horror elements. There are jump scares at the end of the movie. Yeah, and they're sure. they're poignant. They yeah. are they're few and far between, and it makes it powerful in terms of its its like um, its power as a uh, as a horror movie, right? As a horror thriller. Um, so I hope you're all wearing your scuba gear because Gabe's gonna do some some deep dives. Yeah, I'm gonna get a little deep with this, but uh, I'm giving it a seven out okay. of seven spooktacularity wise um because 
I'm going to kind of paint a picture of how I watched this movie. I was studying for the bar over the summer in 2018 when this movie came out. I knew I needed to see it. Um, so I took a break and I went at 9.30 in the morning because I'm so scared of horror movies. I, I don't like, like one of the scariest movies I've ever seen is this movie called Abominable and it's so bad. Like it's the campiest movie about Bigfoot killing a bunch of like hot chicks in this cabin. But it has always messed with me because I've lived in the mountains, you know, for most of my life. Um, but I went and saw Hereditary at 9.30 in the morning and I... It was like pretty quiet in the theater and I, you know, I was one of maybe like 12 people and I was so engaged and so terrified. My head was literally inside my shirt almost the whole movie. And then I went home and I happened to time it horribly, even though I went in the morning to when my mom was out of town. I was staying with my mom at the time while I was studying and I was alone in this cabin or this house up in the mountains and Nick's been there. I, I live deep oh, yeah, in the mountains. It's creepy. I mean, you wake up and you're like, Oh, there's deers outside. And you're like kind of creeped out by yeah, deers all alone up there. And I had to take an anxiety pill and just go to sleep because I was so scared that night. Um, so I have to say engagement level, I was fully engaged. And I think a lot of that has to do with whoever did the score of this movie. I think the musical cues were at, uh, at, at sometimes thinking, that uh, something was off, um, but and it was deeply unsettling, but it kind of kept you in it the whole time. You knew something was wrong. If you hadn't seen the trailer to this movie and you just walked into the theater, you would know within the first few scenes that something was deeply wrong. Yeah. Um, <sighs> I think there are some cool things that you notice the second time you watch. I think your engagement level doesn't really go away, or at no. least it didn't for me. No, definitely There's a not. lot of these weird little twists. There's like people there's someone breathing outside of peter's window um while he's sleeping there's like a breath outside when charlie is walking out to see her grandma first there's that cool like blue light that symbolizes mm -hmm. a spirit going through the payment spirit going through it goes outside and it's the grandma and charlie's walking out there's a really cool shot of her walking out but if you look next to her there are footsteps already there so something's already been set up out there mm -hmm. um there's that really cool shot of the rear view mirror um when peter's in the classroom because he's so haunted by what he did to his sister and he couldn't even look in the rear view mirror when it actually happened um there you don't know until later so charlie terrorizes the family or payman does mm -hmm. but Char charlie is payman but charlie terrorizes the family because when she's awoken in her seance there's a scene when they're all asleep where the camera pans into the room where tony collette's miniature houses and stuff are and she had made a miniature version of the death of uh, the crime scene where her son accidentally killed her daughter because she's fucked up and needed to like watch it. Like a, she said it was like an impartial overhead view or something. And that camera is Charlie. And when Charlie sees that, that's when she starts terrorizing Peter and tries to pull his head off while he's sleeping and everything like that. Um, so I just say, I, I mean, there were little things like she says, my daughter was killed when she explains what happened to her daughter. And mm -hmm. it's this fucked up thing. Uh, I, I mean, spookiness, I, I'm like fully engaged in this movie. It's the scariest movie I've ever seen. It's the most unsettling thing um, without even relying on jump scares. And I'm, yeah, I'm still shook. No, I can tell. Yeah, shook Just sweating, Gabe's crying dude. right now. 
Uh, yeah, so let's go on to <laughs> Rosemary's Baby after that long-winded answer. So Rosemary's Baby is just um, when I when when my girlfriend Julie and I watched this movie, we didn't really know necessarily what to expect. You you kind of like because it's an older movie and it is a classic. You kind of know what the plot of Rosemary's Baby is. Right. Unfortunately, when you go to watch it, but even given that we knew kind of sort of what was going to go down, it still was something that we were engaged with the entire time we were watching and we talked about after and it stuck with us. It's, it's one of our favorite horror movies now, right? Uh, horror thrillers, whatever you want to call it. Um, it is pleasantly surprising and I very much recommend that you go out and, and yeah, I think everyone should and watch, it. watch it because it holds up and it's, it's really good. Um, I, I initially gave it a score of a six, but I'm going to give it a five. Yeah, um, because it's something I'm about to talk about. Huh? Because because Gabe's going to talk about something, and we we kind of talked about this a little bit before, but it's it's a great movie. Yeah, it it holds up. Go and watch it. It's spooky, it's creepy, um, and it sticks with you after. Yeah, I really like rosemary's baby a lot and i think that it's obviously we've talked about this at length but you know a lot of things have been inspired by it i think knowing watching the first half knowing that it's a famous horror ish type movie a creepy movie i'm always searching for clues and i'm bracing for terror and unfortunately i don't think that a lot of that came true there are little clues such as the pendant that rosemary wears with the tannis root um Uh, that she's kind of been marked by the devil with that. Um, And there's like a little warning at the beginning about not moving into the Bramford apartments because of murder and uh, cannibalism and stuff. And there's the next door neighbor's first like protege or whatever killed herself. Um, Those are some good, like, you don't know why that's like, that's such a great mystery. And so that leads to a lot of the paranoia as the audience member. You don't know why, Rosemary's so scared about what's going on. You see little clues, but I, I do kind of like how subtle everything is. Yeah, it's a very Nothing's like subtle on its movie. face. I just think that I wasn't as engaged with it as like a terror. More, I, I was more engaged in in some ways as like a character study into paranoia and like a love being yeah. destroyed by um, selling your soul. Uh, it, yeah. I think it would have been more creepy and engaging if there were more clues that yeah. were laid out, some yeah. little symbols. Like, I, I think that's what's good about Hereditary. There are, like, weird, like, uh, incantations and stuff ri- written on the walls and, like, you know, the payment symbol. You mm-hmm. see a lot of clues, and it makes you know something's wrong. I, You know, I, I don't think the score really helps it out that much as well, but it, it's fine. The thing for me that takes me out of the spookiness of it or even the engagement is just how poorly the devil rape scene has aged. Yeah, okay. It looks so dumb uh, and it is weird and it's almost comical. I think it was supposed to be absurd when it came out so I and guess, I think it was creepy. So I guess uh, I was reading in the trivia section on IMDb that that scene, the 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 actor that plays the devil was like naked and grinding on top of Mia Farrow. Yeah. I mean, her tits are, I wouldn't be that surprised for a long time. And then they finished the scene up. He stood up, he shook her hand and was like, it was very nice to work with you, ma'am. That makes so much sense. It was nice to work with you too. And she she remarked later, he's a wonderful man. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry for interrupting that. That is, 
That sounds like Roman Polanski. He was a pervert then, before Sharon Tate. Yeah, he put his actors through year. through some serious shit in this movie. Yeah, he's a weirdo. But I have to say that I kept thinking about in the devil rape th- scene, and this is unfortunate that I saw this movie after I saw This Is The End. I couldn't stop thinking about Jonah yeah. Hill, who I didn't even know was making fun of this scene when he gets raped by the devil, and he goes, oh, this is this isn't a dream. This is, this is real. In <laughs> the way he acts, he does the over dramatization of it. Is the way Mia Farrow does yeah. as well. I think that you know, obviously, it's not a horror movie, but there aren't jump scares, and it's some good slow burning. I'm gonna give it a four. Um, I think it is yeah spectacular in certain ways of engagement. And I think it would have been when I first watched it, but I think it's more average now. Especially, I, I watch a lot of older movies and I really like them, and I just wasn't as engaged with. This. Yeah, it, to me, it seems like if we had kept the the typical spectacularity category, I might have given it a six. Yeah, would you have given it a higher score if we didn't change it to be sp- maybe a five? I don't know. I was looking at my phone a lot okay. of it. Fair uh, enough. I liked it a lot. I was engaged with it, but I just didn't think it was as intense as it should have been. Okay. Um, Let us I, know what you think, listener. Yeah, we would love that. So let's finish it off with legacy here. Yeah. Um, this could be a pretty quick one. Right. Let's just start with Rosemary's Baby, which has a great legacy. Yeah, I, mean, I it, give it a six in terms of legacy. I did as well. It lives on. In obviously in the other movie that we're talking about, right. Hereditary, it's referenced over and over and over again. It's got a great legacy and it deserves it. I think like even though it's comical, the rape by Satan is like a. Vi- I mean, it's the number twenty three like most famous horror scene or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of movies, you know, we watched Penny Dreadful that you know took from this as yep. well. Hereditary, Get Out. Um, I can't really tell though. If it was more impacted by something like Ira uh, Ira uh, Levin's writing, or if it was actually Roman Polanski who did that, and if it's I a don't movie. know, I don't know. I need um, to read the book because everything I've read says that it's almost directly the same. Yeah, I mean, parallel to I'm going to give it a six because I think that it it skyrocketed Roman Polanski's career. I still think The Pianist is his best movie, and he's made great movies, even though he's a diddling pervert uh, <laughs> criminal. Um, but uh reason I'm not giving it a seven is I think there are still a lot of people that don't watch the movie. I think a lot of people just don't really care about it. And I think that um, there were other movies that were crap. I think yeah. things built on it in a great way. I'm giving it respect, but I'm not going to give it. I'm not going to say it's better than the movies that were built off of it. Fair enough. But I, I do think that the legacy is there. And that was oh, me, that was me until it. I watched it. And now I, it's one of my, the, my favorite movies that I've seen. I, I really That's, enjoy watching this movie. So I'm glad you watched it then. Yeah. Um, um, yeah so what you do you know, give legacy for Hereditary? I'm going to give it a five. I Same. was going to give it a Dude, four. I thought you were going to give it like a seven and just blow me away or no. something. I give it a five as well. Here's the thing about Hereditary. It's always going to have something like Rosemary's Baby hanging over it. Um, so... As its legacy is not going to be as strong, but I do think it's a five because I know so many people, including probably people that listen to this podcast, including my mom, uh, who won't watch it because they're so scared of what everyone's talked about with it. And it has that kind of legacy. I think it's already one of the most appreciated horrors in terms of like artistic, uh, you know, quality. Uh, I, I think that it pushed forward the horror genre a lot. I think like a lot of movies are doing that nowadays. And I think um, 
production studios or distributions like uh, A24 have really pushed forward horror to a new level, and Blumhouse is another one of those. So I think that that did that. It doesn't have the legacy of Rosemary's Baby, um, but it really made Ari Aster like a name that people are going to focus on for directing and writing. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. I don't don't think I can add anything to that category that you didn't just say. So let's add it up. I gave a 29 to Hereditary. I gave it a 28. Okay, yeah, very close. It comes out to like an 83, 81%. I'd probably give it like a 92 overall. But uh, yeah, what'd you give... like a uh, 92, 90, if we did like a scale out of 100. Like out of 100, Rotten I would Tomatoes. do that. Yeah. Okay. What did you give Rosemary's Baby? And then Rosemary's Baby for me gets a 26. Okay, I gave it a 25. So we're like neck and neck here. Yeah. Wow. We're boys. We started a podcast together. <laughs> hey, uh, look at us. <laughs> hey, look at us. So look that's us. a 51 out of 70 <laughs> for Rosemary's Baby. And then uh, uh, let me get my math goggles on. Uh, what did you give it? Did you, did you say 29? I I gave it a 25, and you gave it a 26. No, no, no. Uh, so that would be... Oh, I gave it a 29. Okay, so yeah, so that, that's 57. Okay. So 57, 57 out of 70 is great. for Hereditary, and 51 for Rosemary's Baby. Which is great. I think they are kind of the neck and neck in yeah. that category. So we are going to go on to accolades here, and normally we're going to talk about MVP versus LVP, and we will very quickly after, but... I think it'd be kind of fun, since it's Halloween, y'all, uh, to do a top five of favorite horror movies in no order. Okay. So in no, do you want me to go first? Or you could do it in no order, or you could do it in order. But top five horror movies. I th- do you want to discuss what we think a horror movie is before? Quickly? You do, so let's do it. <laughs> very quickly. I mean, for <laughs> me, horror, I- I'm very picky about my horror. Like, I think horror has to have, I- it has to be scary above everything. It has to be objectively scary. I think it has to have some supernatural element to it. Um, and if it doesn't, it needs to be a slasher. And then if it still doesn't, it, it, sci-fi movies could still be horror, but I more lean sci-fi as a category than horror. Okay. Go ahead. That's fair. So you want me to do my five? Give us your five, big boy. My five in no particular order are Cabin in the Woods, Hereditary, The Witch, um, Aliens. The second one. No, no, sorry, Alien. Oh, really? I I honestly like not the first a popular one more. opinion. I know it's not. It's scarier, I think. I think so too. Yeah. I don't know. Fair. We'll do. I'll do Alien slash Aliens. What's I love that fifth? series. And then Get Out. Yeah. And that's then great. like my my uh, like honor honorable honorable mentions are. Um, the Blair Witch Project, um, Paranormal Activity, and um, yeah. Dude, I thought Paranormal I, – I, the same way that people thought that Blair Witch Project when it came out was a documentary, I thought Paranormal Activity was a documentary until the last scene when it's clearly not. Um, yeah. And also I watched that in Cabo with my friends and my friend Cole like terrorized me every night and I hate him for it. Oh yeah, that, that movie is uncomfortable to watch. Yeah. Those are, those are my five. It took me uh, a little while to kind of think of them, but I, I love I kind of sprung it on you, so that's fair. Yeah. Uh, all right. So for me, I'm, a, I'm so picky about mine that like something like Get Out, which I love, I don't count as a horror movie. Even though it's creepy in certain ways, he called it, J- Jordan Peele called it a social thriller, and I really don't think it 
is horror enough for me, which is funny because I'm so scared of horror movies. Uh, but that, I, I respect your top five. I love it, Nick. Thanks. Um, my number one is Hereditary. I think it's the, the most unsettling movie I've ever seen, so I have to put it there. My number two is The Shining, which barely gets into the horror category for me, but it is very scary, and there are a lot of supernatural sketch parts of it that haunted me for a long time when okay. I was a kid. Uh, my number three is Scream, which is funny because Scream is a horror movie that makes fun of other horror movies. Same with Cabin in the Woods. Yeah. So we each have one I of those. love Cabin in the Woods as well. I'm not I wasn't scared by Cabin in the Woods. No. Um but I love it. I love the idea of it. But uh Scream is like Cabin in the Woods a little bit less goofy, but it is yeah. making fun of it, but it also is like a good slasher film. Um and I think I'm really mad I couldn't have seen it uh as a kid in theaters because I think as a cinematic experience it would be fun with the music. Uh then I have The Blair Witch Project which is a, a brilliant movie. Uh, it's really sad. It's not even scary at a certain point. It's just really fucking sad. <laughs> um, and then I got a tie for fifth, two old movies. I have Psycho by Alfred Hitchcock. I think is a really well done horror movie. And I think the whole Norman Bates reveal at the end um, is so good. Um, and I have An American Werewolf in London, which is another comedy horror, but the horror is really gruesome and disturbing. Um, do you have an MVP for Rosemary's Baby and Hereditary? Oh, God. The MVP goes the Tannis root, baby. Oh, shit. Got to get that root, baby. Mm. It's totally Smells not, like garlic. It's totally not been in your drink this whole time, by the way. Yeah, I feel it. <laughs> Gabe actually looked I'm at his dance drink with when the devil I said tonight. that as if I really put Tannis root, I know, a I fake get a little root, scared. in his drink this time. Um. Yeah, I don't uh, know. I don't know. These are hard ones to pick MVPs. Yeah, so I'm gonna go with. Grip. I'm gonna go with the Tannis route. I Get that route. Normally go with the director, and I almost want to go with Ari Aster because I think he is so good at what he does. My MVP is Tony Collette because I think that Mia Farrow is incredible in Rosemary's Baby, and she's something that a lot of actresses have probably actors and actresses have probably like um, been inspired by. But I think that Tony Collette took it a step further, yeah. and um, there are certain scenes like the dinner scene that are great. Do you have an LVP? Yeah, LVP is cake. Yeah. Um, so Ro oh, just Rosemary's way... Baby just does uh, um, really really hurts the cake industry by. Displaying... Hey Ruth Gordon, if you're still out there, I don't know. I should have looked this up ahead of time. What an incredible performance! Was no one has. No one has ever eaten cake in a more disturbing way. Yeah, it's gross. I think if you didn't even see the movie, uh, you wanted to skip it, you should at least look up scenes of her eating cake. It's disgusting. Uh, <laughs> I guess my LVP is the fat lady with the glasses that's shaking the baby really hard at the end of Rosemary's Baby. And she's like, what is she doing? What does she want? What is happening? I, I hate her. Um, <laughs> so uh, right now, let's give uh, a, do you have any recommendations for anything that people should uh, look up? recommendations um you have that podcast you wanted to yeah i do so if you want to gabe's going to talk about uh satanism r real quick and i uh i definitely recommend that if you actually want to learn what satanism is you listen to stuff you should know's podcast about satanism it's really good really I interesting i think they might do a two-parter i can't remember it's great I, I love that podcast I'm going to listen to it as well. Thank you for that recommendation. I think uh, there is a documentary called Hail Satan, question mark, 
um, on Hulu. And I think, you know, I don't want to offend anyone who is religious or Christian. Um, that movie uh, shows you that Satanists, uh, while they piss off a lot of people, uh, you know, rightfully so, their main uh, objective is just to show that there should be a separation of church and state uh, in the United States. And there's been some abuses of that. And they have these like pretty awesome tenets. I'm not saying that I'm uh, rooting for Satanists out there, but I think it's a really interesting documentary that gives you a really good perspective. So check that out. It's by Penny Lane. Uh, I also think that you should go out, if you want a really obscure horror-ish movie, I guess, uh, by the director of The Witch, you should go out and see The Lighthouse uh, with Robert Pattinson and Willem Dafoe. It's it's unbelievably good and so weird. yeah, you'll understand it if you watch it all the way through, uh, but it's really good. Uh, another recommendation is uh, by the the creators of Workaholics. You should you should YouTube uh, Happy Halloween, y'all. Happy Halloween, y'all. Yeah, we want to say that. <laughs> Just for the holiday. Up next, we have a special Tarantino episode. We're going to do Inglorious Bastards uh, versus Once Upon a Time, dot, 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 in Hollywood uh, from this year. And then we will be on Well Actually, a podcast where I got my whole podcasting career uh, started uh, with uh, Kane and Holly. Uh, well Actually is a podcast for nerds who think that they know everything. And their guest, uh, their guest of honor is going to be Nick. Yeah. And we're going to quiz him on Back to the Future. So if you love Back to the Future, definitely go check that out. Uh, you should just check out their podcast in general if you're a nerd. Um, uh, and then we're going to do a Star Wars episode with Kane and Holly, uh, Empire Strikes Back versus The Last Jedi. So uh, happy to have you guys on board. Uh, go and follow us on Instagram, instagram.com slash facingoffpod, on Twitter at facingoffpod, and you could send us feedback. We'd love to hear it. Uh, facingoffpodcast at gmail.com. And we'd, uh, you, we're on Spotify, Google Play, Apple, Stitcher, podcast, uh, Pocket Casts, um, if you uh, are on Apple Podcasts, please rate, review, subscribe. It will help us out a lot. Even if you say mean things to us, I could take it. <laughs> uh, but uh, happy Halloween, y'all. Do you got a send off? Happy Halloween, y'all. Don't you ever raise your voice to me. I am your mother. 